Hello, and welcome to A History of Japan. Season 10, Episode 2 Triumph at Nagashino, Disaster at Tedorigawa. With the Azai and Asakura clans defeated and the Iko Iki resistance in Ise province crushed by a brutal act of merciless slaughter, Oda Nobunaga next began planning to finalize his conquest of Echizen province, which had been thrown into disarray by his destruction of the dominant Asakura clan. However, before he could get very far into the planning phases of that expedition, an urgent message arrived from his longtime supporter in southern Chubu, Tokugawa Ieyasu. Although the Takeda clan had withdrawn into their domains in Kai and Shinano provinces after the unexpected death of Takeda Shingen, his son Takeda Katsuyori, the new daimyo, was making aggressive inroads into Tokugawa territory. In 1574, while Nobunaga's army was still bogged down fighting the Iko Iki at Nagashima, a Takeda army led by Katsuyori himself laid siege to Takatenjin Castle in southeastern Totomi province. The Tokugawa clan had been left practically in shambles by the previous incursion of the Takeda clan, and the garrison at Takatenjin knew better than to expect a relief force to save them. Ogasawara Nagatada, who held the castle on behalf of Tokugawa Ieyasu, surrendered the fortress and pledged his allegiance to the Takeda clan. For Takeda Katsuyori, the importance of this achievement is difficult to overstate. His august father, the already semi-legendary Shingen, had previously attempted to take Takatenjin and failed. Successfully acquiring the fortress was both a tactical and political victory, and any remaining elements within the Takeda clan who had been uncertain of this scion's ability were now fully convinced to support the new daimyo. The relationship between Oda Nobunaga and Tokugawa Ieyasu was never entirely defined. While they were allied as equals, there is little question that the Oda were in a superior position militarily. Yet, Nobunaga never appeared to demand fealty or vassalage from Ieyasu, who valued his hard-fought independence. That being said, I think Ieyasu understood that he would certainly lose any direct conflict with Nobunaga, which is probably why he never turned down any of Nobunaga's requests for military aid, like at the Battle of Anegawa last season. It seems likely that Ieyasu believed, probably correctly, that as long as he behaved as an obedient vassal, the actual demand for a pledge of loyalty would be unnecessary. Because Nobunaga likewise understood the value in having an ally act as a buffer between himself and the hostile powers of Kanto, he had a vested interest in helping the Tokugawa. The rivalry between the Oda and the Takeda was reaching a fever pitch by this point, with ousted shogun Ashikaga Yoshiaki still hopeful that they might drive Nobunaga out of the capital and restore him and his bakufu. However, the Takeda were not the only power in Kanto, and it will prove helpful for future developments to quickly review the great and powerful clans in the east, the locations of their domains, and their general disposition toward Nobunaga. 
While the Imagawa had, by this point, accepted a subordinate status under their former vassals the Tokugawa clan, much of their former territory had been absorbed by the Hojo clan, who now controlled much of southern Kanto. The Hojo were generally hostile to both the Tokugawa and the Oda, but were not prepared to take the initiative with an aggressive campaign. They had only recently consolidated their holdings over the southeastern coast and were forced to repel repeated incursions from the Uesugi to their north. Both of these developments were very costly in terms of their ability to field large armies, and they were still rebuilding in the mid-1570s. The aforementioned Uesugi lay to the north of both the Takeda and the Hojo, but although their daimyo officially held the title of Kanto Kanrei, they had yet to find a way to make permanent gains in southern Kanto. The Uesugi's military capabilities had not been reduced as much as the Hojo, in spite of their intermittent feuding with the Takeda and Hojo, but they were still focused on consolidating their domains in the north and were not yet prepared to take the initiative against the Oda in the mid-1570s. To the northeast of the Uesugi, occupying much of Dewa and Mutsu provinces, lay the Date clan, who thus far had remained relatively aloof of their feuding neighbors and of the Oda clan as well. The initial target of Takeda Katsuyori, now that he enjoyed broad support from his clan, was Nagashino Castle. Located in the northeastern corner of Mikawa province, Nagashino Castle was built by a vassal of the Imagawa clan in 1508 on top of a cliff that overlooked several rivers and was near two very important crossroads. It was a significant strategic target, but the Takeda clan had a history with this castle that gave their siege a layer of personal indignity. When the Imagawa clan met with their spectacular defeat in 1560 at the Battle of Okehazama, their vassals scrambled to find protection among the other powers of Kanto. The castellan of Nagashino pledged himself first to the Tokugawa clan as they asserted their independence from the Imagawa. However, when the Takeda clan conquered most of Shinano province in the latter part of that decade, their relative proximity to Nagashino castle put its residents at risk of conquest from the growing power of the Takeda clan. Thus, the castellan changed his allegiance to Takeda Shingen. When Shingen died in 1573, Tokugawa Ieyasu took quick action to try and recover the losses inflicted at the Battle of Mikatagahara, and quickly laid siege to Nagashino, conquering the fortress and placing his own vassal Okudaira Nobumasa in charge of its defense. Nobumasa had originally served the Takeda, and his defection in 1573 came at a great personal cost. His wife and brother, who were living as hostages in Takeda custody, were executed by crucifixion for Nobumasa's betrayal. Placing Nobumasa at the head of Nagashino Castle practically ensured that, sooner or later, the Takeda would seek out battle with the Tokugawa. In mid-June of 1575, Takeda Katsuyori brought a large army of 15,000 and laid siege to Nagashino Castle. Okudaira Nobumasa's garrison was only around 500 warriors, so he dispatched an urgent message to Tokugawa Ieyasu informing him that the expected assault was underway. 
Both men had rightfully suspected that Nagashino would be targeted, and had spent the previous year reinforcing its defenses to more effectively defend against the siege. Tokugawa Ieyasu relayed the message to Oda Nobunaga, and both men set about raising armies to relieve the siege and, more importantly, confront Takeda Katsuyori. The total size of the combined Oda-Tokugawa army was around 38,000, and they arrived in the Nagashino area in late June. Wanting to fight the battle on the most favorable ground, they set their camp upon a plain near the actual castle just across a nearby river named Rengogawa. This particular river was small and shallow, but had an especially steep bank. On the far side of the river, the Oda-Tokugawa allied army set about building a wooden palisade. Rather than a simple flat wooden wall, this fortification was given a zigzag shape and spaced so that spears and arquebuses could fit between them. It is estimated that of the 38,000 in Nobunaga and Ieyasu's joint army, a full 10,000 were arquebusiers. This was by far the largest contingent of firearm-wielding troops in any Japanese army up until that time. Takeda Katsuyori probably expected the Oda-Tokugawa army to attack him outright, but the fact that his enemies were instead building fortifications had dreadful implications. He was outnumbered by a factor of more than two to one. While he still might hope to prevail in an open engagement through the use of clever stratagems and cavalry tactics, his forces were sure to lose any long-standing fight in which his enemies had the option of fortified retreat. You may be wondering why Katsuyori did not simply withdraw from the field and return later with a larger army, or seek some other advantage. It seems likely to me that he was probably worried about the political implications in withdrawal at this point. He had taken Takatenjin Castle, which helped shore up his support within the clan, but if he withdrew now, his hard-fought gains would probably be lost, and some of his vassals would be slowly drawn away by Nobunaga or Ieyasu, both of whom had a reputation for convincing otherwise loyal vassals to defect to their banners. Katsuyori also had good reason to be confident in an impending victory. His father's army had crushed an allied Oda-Tokugawa army at Mikatagahara two years before, thanks to the superior Takeda cavalry, which had triumphed over arquebus-wielding troops. At the core of the Battle of Nagashino was a larger question about Japanese warfare. Would well-trained cavalry continue to dominate in most battlefield situations, or could the new gunpowder weaponry be used in a way that was superior to masses of disciplined horsemen? In some ways, the answer to this question was already forming in some of the smaller conflicts leading up to Nagashino. While the unfortunately similarly named Nagashima fortress complex in Ise province had fallen to Oda Nobunaga's forces in 1574, this was the third such assault attempt. The first two had failed largely because the Iko-Iki defenders were better at employing matchlock arquebuses in battle. A significant contributor to the third attempt's success was the superior use of gunpowder weapons. Takeda Katsuyori did not want to withdraw, and he knew that he could not allow the Oda and Tokugawa to establish a fortified position nearby. 
Fearing that the garrison of Nagashino Castle might sally forth in a sortie and attack his troops from the rear in a pincer maneuver during the coming battle, he only took 12,000 of his army to bear against the Oda Tokugawa army, leaving 3,000 to continue the siege. Katsuyori planned to leave those 3,000 troops under the command of his younger brother Nobuzane, but the night before he deployed his forces for battle, two up-and-coming Oda clan retainers led a daring night attack that killed Nobuzane. On June 28, 1575, Takeda Katsuyori brought his 12,000 warriors, divided into four groups of 3,000 each, to the plain near Nagashino Castle and prepared to attack the Oda Tokugawa army, which lay across a wide open field on the other side of the Rengo River. A heavy rain fell the night before, giving Katsuyori further confidence that hooves and swords were about to triumph over guns and spears. He called for the 1st Division to charge and continued to command waves of horsemen to follow. The cavalry crossed the broad plain but was forced to slow their pace to cross the Rengo River and its steep banks. The Oda Tokugawa stockade was located about 50 meters, a little over 160 feet, from the river, which was well within range of the arquebuses aiming their firearms at the advancing enemy horsemen. They unleashed a wave of bullets as the first warriors were crossing the stream, killing and wounding men and horses alike. Apparently, Nobunaga and Ieyasu had learned to keep their powder dry. Though there are still a few holdouts, historians generally agree that the Oda Tokugawa force was practicing a new battlefield technique in the employment of arquebusiers. Arranged in three ranks, the front rank fired. Then the second discharged their bullets as the front rank reloaded. Then the third rank fired as the first two both reloaded. This technique is referred to by military scholars as volley fire, and while we aren't entirely certain who first successfully executed it in a real battle, Nobunaga at the Battle of Nagashino is a legitimate candidate for the first to use volley fire successfully in combat. The effects on the battlefield were devastating for the Takeda army. Katsuyori ordered his horsemen to charge in four successive waves, and none of those initial charges managed to reach the palisade where the arquebusiers were continuously raining death on the enemy cavalry. One group of horsemen managed to sneak around the kill zone and attack the flank of the Oda Tokugawa army, but they were soon repulsed. The battle lasted for eight hours. Some Takeda horsemen managed to reach the palisade, which was just tall enough to prevent a horse from leaping over it. However, there was no easy way through the fortification for heavy horsemen, and in addition to being fired upon at close range by belligerent arquebusiers, nearby spearmen harassed them as well. The Oda Tokugawa army was not without casualties, certainly, but by the end of the battle the results were devastatingly decisive. On the Oda Tokugawa side, it's estimated that as many as 6,000 total were killed, but on the Takeda side, a full 10,000 were reported to have lost their lives, including eight of their famous 24 generals. Takeda Katsuyori himself survived and fled with his remaining troops back to the safety of Takeda domains. While this battle was not, of itself, an outright death blow to the Takeda clan, it is usually marked as the beginning of their end. They would continue being a significant power in Kanto, 
but Nagashino dashed any hope they may have nurtured that they might once more threaten Nobunaga's growing power and prestige. In fact, Nobunaga's power and prestige were both greater than ever after the victory at Nagashino. The fact that a heavy rainfall before the battle did not render the firearms useless is evidence that the Oda Tokugawa troops took care to keep their weapons protected from the downpour. The Oda Tokugawa army's triumph at the Battle of Nagashino is not terribly surprising given their massive numerical advantage. However, the nature of their victory, a resounding announcement of the superiority of properly utilized firearms, is what makes this battle a considerable turning point in Japanese warfare. While the Uesugi, Hojo, and even Takeda also possessed firearm-wielding troops, it is evident from subsequent battles that they did not understand how to use them advantageously. That being said, even Nobunaga was not immune from making mistakes in the deployment of firearms, as will become evident in his next large confrontation. The results of the Battle of Nagashino reverberated throughout Kanto. Uesugi Kenshin, longtime sworn enemy of the Takeda clan, now reconsidered his relationship with Oda Nobunaga. By 1575, Oda forces were making headway in Echizen province after having subjugated Omi province, which would bring them dangerously close to Uesugi domains. Given Nobunaga's tenacious pursuit of the Iko Iki, Kenshin had good reason to believe that after Echizen was finally conquered, neighboring Kaga province would be next, which would place them next door to his domain in Echu. Uesugi Kenshin had previously allied with the Tokugawa clan and the Oda clan out of respect for their mutual enmity with the Takeda clan, but the Uesugi had never honored that alliance with coordinated campaigns or supporting attacks. Now that the Oda clan appeared to be voraciously conquering everything in their path, Kenshin decided that the time had come to change the status quo in Kanto. In 1576, thanks in part to coordination enabled by the exiled Ashikaga Yoshiaki, Uesugi Kenshin formally broke his alliance with the Oda clan and officially allied with the Iko Iki and the Takeda clan. Kenshin sought this unorthodox alliance in order to secure his own borders so that he could engage in some preemptive conquest and seize the initiative before Nobunaga was ready to act. North of Echizen and Kaga provinces was the peninsular province of Noto, which was governed by a branch of the Hatakayama clan. In 1574, their daimyo was assassinated by disgruntled retainers who had agreed to steer the clan toward loyalty to Nobunaga. His son, Hatakayama Yoshitaka, took over as the clan's chieftain, but real power rested with Cho Shigetsura, an influential and ambitious retainer who had arranged the aforementioned assassination of his liege lord. The late Hatakeyama Yoshinori had maintained friendly relations with the Uesugi, which was part of why the pro-Oda faction of his retainers had arranged for his untimely end. However, Uesugi Kenshin was not about to allow Noto province to fall out of his sphere of influence if it could be helped. In 1577, as the Noto Peninsula was engulfed in civil strife in the fallout of Yoshitaka's assassination, Kenshin invaded with a massive Uesugi army, which had just succeeded in finally pacifying neighboring Echu province. 
Because allowing the Uesugi to establish a forward base in Noto province would bring them dangerously close to Echizen province, which he was still pacifying, Nobunaga had no choice but to respond. Nobunaga rallied an enormous army of 50,000, which for the time was an extremely large host, and marched them toward Noto province to defend his allies there. Unfortunately for said allies, the Uesugi arrived first and laid an aggressive siege, first against the young lord Hatakeyama and then against the castle of Choshigetsura. By the time the Oda relief army arrived, both fortresses had been taken and the Oda clan partisans summarily executed. However, neither Nobunaga nor his generals knew of this development when they entered Kaga province on their way to the Noto Peninsula. Led by Shibata Katsuie, Maeda Toshiye, and Sasa Narimasa, three of Nobunaga's most experienced generals, the Oda army that came into Noto was certainly large, but numbers can sometimes be deceptive. The bulk of these troops, and indeed the core of this army, was composed of Ashigaru spear troops, which were recruited in a hurry in hopes that they might overwhelm the Uesugi with numbers alone. However, some of the Ashigaru wielded arquebuses along with cannons and crews to operate them. Uesugi Kenshin had brought his own army, numbering around 30,000, to the eastern bank of the Tedori River in Kaga province. Nobunaga brought his larger army to the western bank and decided to try a version of the tactics that won him victory at Nagashino. He ordered the cannons to fire on the Uesugi positions in hopes that the bombardment would steadily whittle down their numbers until he was satisfied that a mass charge would finish them off. However, Uesugi Kenshin decided to rattle Nobunaga's cage. The bombardment, which was a much cruder version of modern-day artillery barrages, met with limited successes as occasional rainfall was making a steady rate of fire a difficult objective to achieve. Uesugi Kenshin dispatched a strike force in a Nakairi tactic, attacking the unprepared rear and flanks of the Oda army, which caused panic to spread throughout the large force. It was feared that the clever Kenshin had brought a second large army into the mix, though in reality these attacks were hit-and-run affairs meant purely to terrify the Oda into making a mistake. Nobunaga, fearing that his unwieldy army would soon be put on the defensive, ordered Shibata Katsuie to charge his own forces across the river and clash directly with Kenshin's defensive line. In addition to making life difficult for the cannoneers, the intermittent rainfall had also hampered the arquebusiers, whose weapons largely failed to discharge when they came within firing range. With Oda troops attempting an amphibious assault, Uesugi Kenshin relayed orders to his troops guarding a floodgate, telling them to open the floodgate and fill the Tedori River with as much water as it could carry. Many Oda troops were swept downstream or drowned outright, and those who managed to find safety on their own bank could not be persuaded to attempt such a maneuver a second time. As his casualties mounted, Nobunaga understood that further action would only lead to further losses, so he ordered a general withdrawal into Omi province. The Oda army lost around a thousand troops in the encounter, and while he may have been tempted to pursue and harry his rival, Uesugi Kenshin was clever enough to know not to overextend himself. He and his army withdrew from Kaga province back to Noto, where they set about solidifying Kenshin's suzerainty in the area. The encounter between the Uesugi and Oda troops was later named the Battle of Tedorigawa, 
and it marks a significant moment for Oda Nobunaga. The victory at Nagashino accomplished with such little loss of life was now overshadowed by a rare defeat. While the great daimyo's ego may have been bruised, this defeat was not a resounding decisive death blow, but merely a temporary embarrassment. Uesugi Kenshin appears to have had no further plans to face off against this man of the hour, however, and his letters from the time indicate a desire to next subjugate the Hojo clan. Nobunaga's own writings from the same period indicate that he would have been willing to completely abdicate governance of the northern provinces to Kenshin if the latter would promise not to make further incursions into Kansai. However, Kenshin never sought out any such battle, and the next year, 1578, he died at the age of 48 after suffering from some kind of convulsive fit, possibly a seizure. The Uesugi clan suffered a significant rift upon his death, partly because of Kenshin's attempt at avoiding such a struggle. Having no natural children of his own, he had adopted two young men as his sons. The first was his nephew, Nagao Kagekatsu, and the other was Hojo Kagetora. Both had adopted the Uesugi surname, but I used their previous names just now to illustrate the fact that even Kenshin himself was not an Uesugi by birth. Attentive listeners may have noticed, however, that Kagekatsu's birth name was Nagao, which meant he was blood-related to Kenshin. Kagetora, meanwhile, was actually the son of the late Hojo clan daimyo, Hojo Ujiyasu. In the minds of many Uesugi retainers, this meant that blood-related Kagekatsu was the rightful heir, but this matter was far from settled in the wake of Kenshin's demise. Uesugi Kenshin had been a powerful and influential daimyo while he was alive, but upon his death, the clan quickly began to divide and prepare for a civil conflict between the two claimants. The neighboring clans, whose alliance Kenshin had eagerly sought out, began to voice their opinions on the matter, with the Takeda supporting Kagekatsu and the Hojo with an obvious vested interest, backing their former clansman Kagetora. However, the Hojo were reluctant to send an army so far from their home domains, and meanwhile Kagekatsu married a Takeda princess, securing support from a declining but still powerful neighbor. Kagekatsu besieged Kagetora's castle of Otate in the spring of 1578, shortly after Kenshin had passed, and Kagetora sent messengers to both the Takeda and Hojo begging for assistance. Both declined. After besieging the castle for about a year, Kagekatsu's forces organized a successful assault, and Kagetora slipped away amid the desperate fighting that ensued. He fled to Samegao Castle, which was also located in Echigo, but it was clear at this point that he had no hope of winning the struggle against his foe. He committed seppuku in Samegao Castle in March of 1579, and the entire incident is called the Otate Disturbance. The Uesugi clan remained divided for many years afterward, and Kagetora's supporters continued resisting Kagekatsu's governance well into 1582. After those enemies had finally been crushed, the Shibata clan led a long-lasting rebellion that further reduced Uesugi power and overall cohesion in the north. We will discuss the disintegration of the Uesugi domain in further detail in a future episode. Next time, however, we will continue following Oda Nobunaga's subjugation of Kansai and more broadly explore his innovations as a political leader. Until then, thank you for listening. If you would like access to exclusive bonus episodes, 
as well as ad-free versions of the regular episodes, please consider supporting this podcast at patreon.com slash ahistoryofjapan. Thank <laughs> you.